0: Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host Jordan Ronan, ESPN, ESPN ESPN.com Giants reporter and we're here with taping a second episode of the week. See I'm I'm coming through for you guys. I'm trying to make up for all my past errors for messing up in the past. You know I I skipped one but now I'm going to come at you double time this week. Okay so we did one earlier in this week. I answered all your questions, okay, as much as possible, as much as I could. A, a massive Giants After Dark uh, segment. It was complete gold, okay? Now, this episode, what we're going to do is this is the State of the Giants episode. Now, the reason we're doing this now is the roster we see for the Giants at this point, and we're sitting here, what, mid-May, three weeks removed from the draft, this is pretty much what you're going to see for the 2019 season. So we finally, you sit down, you look at the 90 men on the roster. For the most part, those are going to be the guys that make the most significant contributions on the Giants. They're all going to be on that list. There's not going to be a lot of big ads later in the summer or whatever. This team, they're not in that position. Uh, I don't see them signing the, the Damakansu's or type of the word those those type of guys right cuz if i'm those type of guys i don't really want to come to the giants right now unless they they throw a lot of money at me and the giants don't have that a lot of money under the cap right now cuz they're taking taking a bunch of money of, of dead dead cap to the head so the state of the giants where are they now the biggest positive i look at this giants team right now is there is finally, and you could argue whether you like him or not, but the reality is we haven't seen him play a single snap. Uh, there is a future franchise quarterback on the roster. Okay? They finally went to that point where they said, we need to seriously get Eli Manning's successor. And they have that guy. Daniel Jones, he was the sixth overall pick. We all know the the... the Debate on whether he was worth the six number six overall pick. But the bottom line is, for the future of the franchise, they're moving forward. They're looking towards that next era, right? Because the Eli Manning era is ending. When, we'll find out. Could be sooner rather than later. Who knows? But there will be a move towards the future. And you finally see that they've at least made that progress. They've admitted to themselves that they have to do that. They've talked about it in the past. They've drafted Davis Webb in the third round, Kyle Aletta in the fourth round. They sort of straddled the line, but now they've moved forward. Okay. So you like that about the Giants organization. At least they're, they're preparing. They are prepared in some way, shape, or form for that next generation. And whether Daniel Jones pans out or not, we'll have to see. But that's the thing. Their mistakes in the past put themselves in the situation where now they can't afford a whiff. Right, They whiffed on Daniel Jones. This organization is going to be at a dozen years before they've seen it, before they know it, of being a good organization. Now, the offensive line they've put together is a much better unit. You finally seem to have fixed that to some degree. You worry a little bit, you know, is this a a short-term fix? Because you look at guys like Nate Solder, who they signed last offseason, older player. They traded for Kevin Zeitler. This offseason, I believe he's 29 going to be 30. Mike Rammers signed him last week. He's in his thirties. So is this really a long-term fix? Is this a fix where when Daniel Jones is in his, you know, really starting to ramp it up and is in his second or third year and, and let's, let's pretend that it works out and he's finally playing well. How many of these guys are really going to be around at that point? Right. Will Hernandez? Is he really the only building block on the offensive line long term? Maybe. I mean, maybe some of these guys could last till 33, 34, 35. One of them probably can. I don't know about all of them. But so you're a little bit concerned there, but you do like finally best offensive line they had the way I was looking at it probably since even 2010 maybe cuz 2011 you have to remember The Giants offensive line was on the decline. They were, still had some of those, you know, great names on them. The Chris Snees, uh, the Kareem McKenzie's, the David Deals, but they were, they were towards the end there. Snee was the only one who probably wasn't, who still had a few years left and was still playing at that, that top level of his game. Deal was getting near the end there. Uh, Snee eventually got to the end because of injuries it came earlier than he thought but um Deal was getting towards the end there uh, McKenzie was at the end right that was his last year and then you're talking about um who's the other guy I'm forgetting Oh, Howard was already gone right he was already he was at the end too so right around that time they were getting towards the end there. but still we're talking about Nine years. Eight, nine years. Best offensive line they've had now. You know, Zeitler, really good player. Uh, Remmers was a decent right tackle in the past. So hopefully he could get back to that level. Nate Solder, quality player. Will Hernandez, ascending player, left guard. So you like what they have at offensive line. As far as the offensive weaponry, Saquon Barkley. I mean, come on, they're building this team around Saquon Barkley. He's a top notch player i mean you talk about weapons in this league he's in the top five to ten guys easy depending on what you want you want to put running backs in there or not but still you know I mean, he's up there you you want to put running backs receivers tight ends together he's at the top chunk the top tier saquon is in there right He he's probably the top running back in the game going into this year and he's in year two you got some decent receivers. You got a Sterling Shepard who they just signed long term, Evan Ingram at tight end, a weapon. I think that it could be very useful and a good player in this league, a real dangerous weapon. And Golden Tate, yes, getting up there in years, but still a serviceable quality player. So, weapons, you like what you see from the Giants. Defense is where you wonder. You say, "Okay, they just drafted a bunch of guys, but still a lot of work to be done." Right, Defensive line, okay. Some decent young players. It could be a decent unit. And this is going to be the same as the outside linebackers, the pass rushers. I like Lorenzo Carter, right? Has promise, good young promising player. Uh Marcus Golden, okay, maybe he can bounce back. Guy who once had 12 and a half sacks in a season, second year back from a knee injury. But you look at it, this applies to both the outside linebackers and the defensive line. They don't really have those real difference makers. Those playmakers. The the guy, they have guys that can make plays, not guys that can decide games. And that's pretty much at all levels of their defense. And there's some good, decent, the, a lot of young defensive backs for them to build around. So, you like that for the Giants. I mean, you got, uh, Jabril Peppers hopefully continues his ascension. Had a much better second year than he did first in Cleveland. Giants were really high on him. I mean, they think, to a degree, that he could be a better player than Landon Collins. We will see. I don't know if that's the case, but they believe that. That's why they were so strong on him needing to be added to that deal for Odell Beckham. And then uh, you have the coach, Pat Shermer, jury's out, hasn't had much success yet in his head coaching career. This is his second stop. But you do like, I, I personally like his offense. He could scheme up offense. You saw it in Minnesota. You even saw it a little last year. Uh, it took a little time to get going, but as far as scheming up open players, I like him. As far as a head coach, we'll see. He butted head with a bunch, with a bunch of players. Most of them are now gone. Uh, this is going to happen in the NFL. They're going to have to be able to handle these situations, smooth them out, and move forward. He made some mistakes in regards to uh, decision-making during the season. I believe there was one against the Saints that he eventually regretted a decision late in that game. But these are things that you could still have hope that Pat Shermer is going to be a decent or quality head coach or good head coach. The general manager, that's one I'm kind of stuck on. We'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, It's just that his decision-making, Dave Gettleman last year, and the way that he took the franchise, to me, creates serious doubt going forward of whether I think that he's the right guy. I mean, if you're so off in your evaluation last year, how am I supposed to be uh, implicit trust in this guy? How do you do that? How can you implicitly trust him considering he just so whiffed on the direction of the franchise last year? And now they keep rolling back. Eli, so I have questions about Dave Gettleman. That concerns me. Ownership hasn't been great in recent years. There's been some questionable decisions, but uh, including the hiring of Gettleman, which is sort of just you know going back to the old, the old uh, familiar old boys network kind of route that the Giants seem to have taken. And they're of an old school approach. I don't love the overall approach of the organization right now. But ownership has proven in the past that, they can make the correct, proper decisions, lead this organization in the right way. I mean, the Giants did win two Super Bowls now in, what, the last 12 years. So ownership is not a, a big concern for me. I think uh, overall, you know, in general, they probably have too many cooks in the kitchen, too many people putting their hands on personnel decisions, but probably on the top end still of ownership groups. And I know a lot of you might be like, what? Considering the way they've been the last 10 years? I get it. I get it. They have their concerns, but there's a lot of bad organizations out there. There's the Jets, for one. <laughs> Look at them. Look where they're at right now. Uh, the Detroit Lions, who haven't been to a Super Bowl ever. So the, the Cincinnati Bengals, who are a complete crapshoot, who knows what they do? Nobody knows what that team does. So that's the state of the Giants right now. We'll get into that a little bit more. With this next segment from a special guest. So, with that being said, on to the next one. All right, let's welcome in one of our one of our favorite guests, Dave Rothenberg, 98.7 ESPN New York host and famous, crazed Giant fan. So, we're talking state of the Giants here, Dave. So, we we kind of need to get the litmus test of, of where everybody stands right now. So, we we want to see where where do you stand now? We're, we're at what three weeks removed from the draft. You kind of know what their roster is, where they're headed. So, how are we doing and where do we
1: stand? You know, uh, how are you? It's a pleasure to be on this podcast. It's probably um, my favorite podcast. It's It's been been too too long. Of the the venue. Yeah, no, listen, I I, I wait by my phone weekly just to hope that I'll (laughs) get called on to do the podcast. Um, I mean, Jordan, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't still disappointed. Uh, I don't think they ultimately succeeded. Uh, in the draft, and I think, and I think that most people would agree that the entirety of the Dave Gettleman regime will come down to one name and one name only. And you know what? Maybe it would have been nice to take Josh Allen at six, or um, not move up from thirty-seven to thirty, or, or do something a little differently in free agency, or even move on from Eli Manning sooner. But the one name that will resonate with every Giants fan uh, forever is going to be Daniel Jones. And I can boil it down to make it as simple as this. If Daniel Jones is going to be very good, then the Giants will be very good. And if Daniel, and I don't mean this year, I'm talking about the foreseeable future. And if Daniel Jones is not good or a bust or somewhere in that vein, then you know what? Dave Gettleman will be remembered as a bad general manager, and the Giants and their organization will struggle for an extended period of time. So, you know, to me it boils down to that. It boils down to Daniel Jones, and I hate to sit here and on this very high-class podcast to, to dumb it down so much, but that's what I truthfully believe. I think the Giants are basically set up to succeed, or to fail based on the right arm of one Daniel Jones.
0: Well, I want to say so. How do you feel about Daniel Jones? I mean, how confident are you he can be a top end quarterback?
1: I'm not that confident. Uh, I, 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 listen. You can't be hundred percent on any. Would, you, would you be
0: confident? Like, okay, let's say they took Sam Darnold last year. How, like, would you? Where would the confidence level be at that point compared to what it is now? Because last year, yeah, because there's obviously there's obviously a complete unknown. You don't know if any of these guys are going to be good, right? Right. But how much confidence do you have in uh Daniel Jones being a, a really good NFL quarterback, a top end NFL quarterback, compared to maybe where you would have been last year if it was a Sam Darnold? I mean, it's the same same concept, right? Just yeah, a different, I understand different prospect. the question.
1: Yeah, no, you don't need to break it down any further. I understand the question. I mean, for you the, stumbled. For, I'm for, giving you time to, to come up with your answer here. To simplify, I'm not stumbling, baby. I, <laughs> I'm on the air a lot. All right, of of of, the, of when you look at the Giants right now, and when you look at what they could have been a year ago, if you would have told me on a scale of one to ten that I would have Sam Darnold, I would have felt a nine in confidence. Daniel Jones, I feel a six. I mean you know what for every Gil Brandt that sits there and tells you this guy reminds me a lot of Peyton Manning and he's cerebral and he's smart and he he's got a, a good enough arm and he's going to you know just figure out a way and guile to win games maybe maybe he will but for every Gil Brandt that's that shown to me there's 30 Lewis Riddick's who, who are puzzled and scratch their heads and don't understand and George you know this I, I worked in Raleigh for five years and I have a lot of contacts down there. And I spoke to people that actually called Daniel Jones's high school games. And I'm friends with the beat reporters at Duke. And every single person I spoke to say they just don't see in Daniel Jones what Dave Gettleman and the Giants see in this quarterback. So, again, could it pan out? Yeah. It could. There are guys over the test of time that 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 you think, you know what, he's not going to be very good, and they turn out to be excellent. Right. Or vice versa. He's going to be excellent, and he turns out to be awful. But knowing what I know right now, I'd be lying to you if I told you I had more than a, a six on the one to ten scale of confidence level moving into this season with Daniel Jones.
0: What, when you talk to those people, I'm curious, what's the thing that, that stands out the most that makes them question – that he can be that top-end quarterback?
1: He, he didn't show it at Duke. You know, he showed flashes of being good. He, you didn't watch him and think to yourself, God, this guy's special. And I spoke to my one friend right. who's, who's, you know, very, and, he, and he's tight with Cutcliffe and, and he said, he just, and he spoke to Cutcliffe about it and Cutcliffe raves about him. And listen, Cutcliffe knows more than any of us know. Nobody is debating that. But yep. sometimes you just look at the eye test and you say, I don't see what this expert sees. And that's what my buddy said. And he traveled with the program, and he went to the road games, and he knows Daniel Jones, and he thinks he's a great guy. But he just he just watched him play and, and, and never thought, God, this is a, a special quarterback. And, for instance, You watched Josh Allen play last year, and they did not have a ton of talent on that Wyoming team. But there were moments, and a lot, Jordan, when you watched him play and said, you know what, I kind of see. I see how it's going to translate and how he has the potential to be special. And nobody, nobody that covered the Duke team really believed that about Daniel Jones.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing when I talk to people is that he wasn't able to sort of not that he didn't flash like that but that he wasn't able to lift the level of everyone else around him right like that's that's what you need from a great quarterback right he automatically just makes everybody better and he didn't make the any the duke team exponentially better they weren't you know they're in the ACC it's this isn't you know this isn't uh the big 10 this is, but
1: if if he well, was listen, so good I if will, he was so good see, they could have I will been better Go ahead. I will say this. That was a – Duke has yes. traditionally been a horrendous football team. I get it. Going year, years and years and years without winning a game in the ACC. So is it Cudcliffe is just an excellent coach and has recruited better and they're more talented? Or maybe is some of it the fact that Daniel Jones is a really good quarterback and, and even though he didn't take mediocrity and lift it to greatness, maybe he, he led this team to win seven or eight games. I mean, look, they won a bowl I know, game. they went to seven two bowl games. Happened.
0: Back-to-back goal bowl games is a big deal for them. But is it too much to ask for a winning record? Is that too, Was that too much? I guess that is too much to ask for, right?
1: Yeah, I listen, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I think the best you can say right now is let's hope that Dave Gettleman and David Cutcliffe and Gil Brandt and those guys know more than we do and that they're right and that we're wrong. Because you know this to be true. I would love nothing more then for a year from today, for us to have the same conversation, and me to say to you, Jordan, how dumb was I? I thought Daniel Jones was going to be bad or yeah. mediocre or, or best at average, and he's sensational. I would love to have that conversation. I just don't envision that in our futures.
0: Could you imagine the Dave Gettleman self patting on his back that'll happen if that's the case? Woo! Well,
1: oh, he would throw himself a parade, <laughs> and I'd go, I'd go, I would throw the confetti yeah, at the hey. Dave Gettleman parade. If Daniel Jones was that good.
0: You'd have to give it to him. Now here's the question, right? Let's move it forward to this year. Do you, would you like, do you see any purpose in, in going forward with Eli at this point or would you just like to see him thrown right in there and get, get that experience, take it on the chin? You know, I mean, uh, Eli had his struggles his rookie year. Peyton Manning had his struggles his rookie year. Uh, you know, most of these great quarterbacks, they just, you know, they just get beat up that first year. Do you, would you rather him just go that direction and throw him in there and get to it? Or you want to maybe keep him in the on ice and do the Patrick Mahomes way?
1: I need to see him this year. Now, I don't know that I need to see him week one against Dallas, in Dallas, on national television for the entire world to see. I, I don't know that I need that. In fact, I, I don't need that. Here's what I need, Jordan. I need to see enough of Daniel Jones in year one that I can have some kind of a belief either positively or more negatively, that this kid has a future with the Giants, right? Did you well, have that with Eli? Eli man, it, did you have that with Eli? I knew that with Eli.
0: Because of that I final did. game? I, w- I watched. That finale? He, he played what? Year? He
1: played. There were four, seven games. He looked awful. There were there were moments where you questioned whether this kid should be a, a backup quarterback in the NFL. And you know what? At the end of the day, he played that last game of the Giants. I believe they won it 31-28, and you knew. You knew that heading it the next year, you had your quarterback. I don't care if he plays five games or seven games or nine games or 16. All I want, and honestly, I don't even care what their record is this year. All I want is to look at the end of the year and to say, you know what? The Giants have their future quarterback. I know that. And they're going to be good with Daniel Jones. That's all I need.
0: So you don't have a point where you say it needs to be. It needs to be at least three games. You would say if if it's one game and it's like Patrick Mahomes, no, came, I mean, in, it's, Mahomes it's, no, came in. Mahomes no, came in played week no, seventeen. And you were like, okay, we know that this guy's the, going to be the man. Look at the way he no. played in week seventeen.
1: No, I, I, no, I can't watch one. I don't want one game. What's the over under? What do I need to see? I would say I need to see six games at a at a bare minimum six games. But one game, no, that won't cut it for me. That's I, I, you know. I mean, come on. You got to be realistic. It's not one game. The Giants can't be four and eleven <laughs> or five and ten and That's go to still East, rolling. To Eli out Jones there. and oh God and me to say, all right. And you know what? In fairness, I I believe the last game because I think it'll be his last game ever with the Giants. Week seventeen, twenty nineteen season. Eli Manning trots out, starts that game. They take him out. They put Daniel Jones in. That's fine. But I need to see significant enough Daniel Jones that I can formulate what I think is a, a somewhat rational and intelligent opinion on what this kid is going to be into the future for the Giants.
0: We we texted about this a little bit yesterday. We're gonna we're gonna transition here, right? Giants. The Jets just fired general manager Mike Mcagn. We're we're taping this on a Thursday, so they fired him yesterday. You look at the two organizations right now. You have to pick one. Who's in a be- who's in better shape between those two right now?
1: The Giants and I, and I'll tell you why. Wow. I I, just, okay. I I don't I don't trust the Jets. I mean, you tell me how in the world I can trust the Jets. I like the Jets, the
0: Jets roster better.
1: That's fine. But I don't, I don't yeah, you I trust I, the Jets? No, I you don't, you don't trust their trust ownership. Christopher Johnson? No, I mean, no. Jordan, how could you trust a guy that all of a sudden on a whim has decided to fire his general manager because a guy who has accomplished less than nothing in the NFL told him that's what should be done.
0: Yeah, that's the problem with the Jets right now is that you, and this has been a problem for a long time, you question up top, at the very top of that organization, how stable it is. And are they hiring the right guys? And we've seen repeatedly they're not hiring the right guys, right? So it makes you wonder. The Jets are
1: so bad. (laughs) The Jets are so bad that you're pining for Woody Johnson. (laughs) Right? That's, I mean, you're like, oh my God, if we only had Woody Johnson, it wouldn't get to this level. That's where the Jets are right now.
0: And I have concerns about the Giants ownership in general because lately they haven't been on a great run. But when you're putting them side by side, I don't even think it's a comparison at this point. And then you look, and then you look at, and you look at the head coach, and you look at the head coach. I have a lot more questions about Adam Gaze, and I'm not the biggest Pat Shermer fan either right now. He's got a lot to prove, but I would take Pat Shermer over Adam Gaze if I'm choosing.
1: I I, listen. It's not even close. Pat Shermer is is a a, a capable head coach. I don't know what Adam Gaze is, and you know what? All I hear about Adam Gaze is that he's kind of crazy. And he just pushed out <laughs> Mike McCagnin, who was the GM that hired him. So, I mean, I think, and you know this because you and I are talking about this a bunch. I think the Giants have plenty of legitimate issues to be concerned about. I don't know what's going on with the Jets. I mean, if the Giants are at, at DEFCON 3, the Jets are at DEFCON 4. I don't, know, I don't know what the hell is going on with that organization.
0: Well, this is the problem with the Jets. Is you know that when, when it's messed up at the top, and we're talking about all the way at the ownership level, that it's eventually going to filter down, right? And they're eventually going to get their hands on it and mess it up. And you feel that's just the way that this is headed. And you hope for Sam Darnold's sake, if you're a Jets fan, that he's somehow able to work through this. But I, I mean, it, it's hard to imagine, especially given, given their history. Here, here's, here's the way I broke it down though. I did go through the, uh, by myself here, a little self exercise and I went through position by position, right? Position group. And, uh, quarterback, who are you taking, Jets or Giants? Uh, Jets. I did as well. Running back, Jets or Giants? Giants. Okay. Yeah, that, you know, Le'Veon Bell maybe was the best, and that's a really tough one too because not really, but you're obviously going to take Saquon. But once upon a time, Le'Veon Bell was the best running back in football. The last time he played, but he has his question marks. Uh, he, he sat out. He sat out a year. It's close, but yes, I would also I also win Giants for that pretty easily. Offensive line.
1: Uh I don't know. I think it's pretty close. To be honest with you,
0: I actually lean Giants on this one. The rare time where I think. They've actually surpassed the Jets on this one. The Jets—that's a big, big problem for the Jets at offense. I don't know. We'll
1: see what we'll see what Mike Remmers turns himself out to be. <laughs> I have real reservations about that. But you know, remember you're Nick just hoping he's a, a, you're just the hoping. Biggest...
0: You're just hoping he's an upgrade, though. Just from from Chad Wheeler, I, right?
1: I I, I, w- I would think he would have to be an upgrade. So yeah, if you're going to give it to the Giants, I think it, it slightly goes to the Giants. I don't think it's I don't think it's a massive win for the Giants.
0: Wide receivers.
1: I think that goes. I mean, it's 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 not a slam dunk either way. I guess I go with the Giants by by a nose.
0: I actually went with the Jets. I figured Anuna, um, Jamison Crowder, and Robbie Anderson. That's three decent players. I don't think the Giants have more than two there, so I kind of went
1: the uh, other I'll direction. I will depth with the Jets. I give you the depth with the Jets, but I, I think that Sterling Shepherd is still the the best of of the lot.
0: Uh, yeah, it's a it's a tight one. Could go either way. Tight ends. I went with the I went with the Giants on this one because I do like Evan Ingram.
1: Yeah, Eng- Ingram is good, and and yes, I think that the Giants get the nod there. I would agree. Defensive
0: line, Jets. Jets linebackers. Jets. Jets defensive backs.
1: Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll go Jets.
0: I went Jets too, only because I thought that Jamal Adams was the best player out of all of them right. on the, out, of, right. out of that whole entire group. I think he's a really good player, coach. I went Giants. Giants, yep. GM. I actually
1: gave. I actually. I mean, how can you go? How can you go Jets? You can't go. Jets. I
0: actually did go Jets because I figure whoever they hire is, and because and actually this is the thing the Jets should be pleased about is that the guy they hire is probably a better general manager than what they had in place already.
1: Especially so you with Joe so Douglas. You have so little confidence. You you have you have so little confidence in Dave Gettleman, that you will take the Jets, who have an open, a vacant GM position, over Gettleman.
0: Well, the rumor is that Joe Douglas is one of the things, so that was what was sticking in my head, right? And Joe Douglas is a very well-respected guy for the Eagles, and we're talking about Dave Gettleman, who just one year ago, like how how how, how am I supposed to have a ton of confidence in the guy right now who missed so badly on everything last year? And the whole direction that the organization took last year to the point that they signed Odell and traded him one year later and took a massive, you know, financial penalty with it. How am I supposed to have a ton of confidence that that guy is the right guy? So I'm, I'm almost, so I almost, I'm almost like the idea of hope better than Dave Gettleman.
1: I guess I, I don't. I don't. I don't think you're looking at uh, at, at the the cream of the crop here. When <laughs> you're looking at uh, Dave Gettleman and no uh, going going up against no general manager,
0: <laughs> I pick nobody over him. Wow. Yeah. All right. And I don't, o- think, I don't think that's awful. Ownership. We. I, I, we're both uh, going to go Giants on this one, right? I
1: think it's a Giants by a, by a wide margin. So, I mean, which it, goes back to close. my original point. No, I don't think so. I, I, as as, no, as I, I mean, am with the Giants and the way that they. Pl- They've played this whole Eli Manning thing. I still think it's the Jet, the Giants by a wide margin.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the thing is we, we were pretty close in regards to splitting the categories, but then you have to think, what are the most important categories, right? Coach, ownership and quarterback are probably my top three.
1: Yeah. And, 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 right. and the only one we didn't go. Giants, Giants, Jets. Right.
0: right. So, but the fact that ownership is is a huge, huge factor in this. I think, uh, I, I, probably agree with you. I probably would go with the Giants just because I'm, I'm not confident the Jets are, are going to be able to overcome that. Because look at their history. They haven't been able to overcome that. So Jordan, what, why change how, now? How
1: old are you? How, how old? Are you? Well, I, and I got to go in a minute. As much as I'm I love podcasts, I got to run a minute. Yeah, we're wrapping how, up. How old are you? 40. How old are you? 40. All right. You're 40 years old. So you, so you were born in 1979, right? Correct. Okay. The Jets. We're ten years removed from their last Super Bowl appearance. Jordan, we are celebrating fifty years since they've not forget about one since they've been to a Super Bowl. The Giants fan looks at two thousand with disgust. Right? They had an. I mean, they had an unbelievable win against Philadelphia. They absolutely dismantled Minnesota 41 nothing in the game I was at. It was one of the great games I've ever been to, by the way. And then lost in the Super Bowl. And we look at that as, oh, remember the 2000 season <laughs> and how awful that was? We went and lost. They haven't even been in that position in 50 years, Jordan. Huh? 50. So you can say who's going to be good next, and every Jets fan can say it's going to be the Jets. Prove it to me. Show it to me. And until I see it, I do not believe it.
0: On that note, on to the next one. All right, we're gonna wrap up here with a little Jordan on the beat, and then we'll go to a close, and we'll wrap up this second bonus episode of Breaking Big Blue this week. So, I all you people that've been criticizing me for being as frequent with my episodes as the Olympics, pat me on the back this week. Come on, give a little do, a little you know, give a little pat on the back. Come on. Just a little bit. A little credit, once in a while. I know I'm a slacker, but once in a while I come through for you. And this this is that rare case where I came through for you. Okay? Now, little Jordan on the beat. This is where I go and I tell you a little bit on what it's like to cover the Giants and some of the things or the NFL and the things that go along with it. So I'm gonna talk a little bit here, Giant specific. Just make a comment here about where the organizations at. and I know we've talked about the ownership a bunch in this in this episode and we've talked about how at the beginning I said they're still a pretty good or you know top top half of the league ownership group and we've obviously ranked them better than the Jets or ownership group now with that being said I'm gonna say this about this specific situation is that the Giants went out They drafted a quarterback at number six overall. This is the future of their franchise, and we haven't heard from their ownership at all three weeks after it. Now, the Giants have been a lightning rod this whole offseason, basically, right? And they've been getting kicked and punched and knocked to the ground over the Odell Beckham move, the Landon Collins move of just letting him walk, over the Daniel Jones selection, over Gettleman's overall public presence, that you would think when you draft the future franchise quarterback, and I know there was a lot of criticism for it, this should be a good thing. The Giants should be going out there and explaining to their fans... Know why they did this? Why now? Why was now the time? I think the fans deserve that, and it's just weird to me that ownership has remained completely silent since this selection of Daniel Jones. And it was—you have to admit—it was a controversial one. They could go up there and tell us why they love Daniel Jones. I mean, this is a that, that was a that was a decision. That ownership had to sign off on. That ownership was part of. Right? Steve Tisch and John Mara admitted that they were going to sit in on these quarterback meetings. So why not? And we're now three weeks past the draft. Why not? Speak publicly about the quarterback situation. You drafted the guy that you're hoping is your next Eli Manning. This is a decision... That ownership should speak on. But they've remained quiet. They've sat in the background. They've denied requests to talk. Very curious. And as a reporter, and don't think I haven't asked, I asked, I I did a story on the Giants' pursuit of Daniel Jones. I requested ownership to speak and they declined. They decided they didn't want to speak at that time. And now we're sitting here three weeks later and they still haven't spoken. I find that Quite strange, considering the circumstances. This would be an opportunity for them to go out there and and say, "Hey, look, you know, we we did we we looked to the future. Everyone's been begging us to do this, right? We picked the guy. We think this is the this is the guy. This is going to be the next guy. There's not much negative about it, but they've decided to take the route that they have, and that's where we stand. So that's my Jordan Jordan on the beat right there." Uh, A little uh, opining on the Giants, the silence of the Giants' ownership. And with that, that's the end of this episode of Breaking Big Blue. Remember, you can always ask me questions on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, email, wherever you can catch me. Feel free to fire away questions. And tell everyone about this podcast, Breaking Big Blue. You can catch it on the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, Podcatchers, Google Play, Every, any Anywhere there's pretty much podcast, you can get this and give us a good rating. We need that. And tell everybody you know about it, about this podcast in particular, right? Because I'm not only going to sit here and talk about the Giants. I'm going to make a fool out of myself and entertain you as well. And on that note, that's the end of this episode of Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan. See you next time.